afternoon, we'll look at uh, Psalm 119 today. Psalm 119, verses 1 through 8. Uh, blessed in the Word, the title of the sermon is Blessed in the Word. Psalm 119, verse 1. Blessed are those whose way is blameless, who walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed are those who keep his testimonies, who seek him with their whole heart, who also do no wrong, but walk in his ways. You have commanded your precepts to be kept diligently. Oh, that my ways may be steadfast in keeping your statutes. Then I shall not be put to shame, having my eyes fixed on all that you're fixed on all your commandments. I will praise you with an upright heart when I learn your righteous rules. I will keep your statutes. Do not utterly forsake me. Let's pray together. Uh, Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that we can be here to um, meet with you, to worship, to, to hear your word. We pray that you would meet us in a way that we can experience you afresh in our hearts. And uh, um, we pray that you would encourage our hearts and uh, draw us near to you through this time of worship. Thank you, and we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Okay, um, so we're just going to look at the first eight verses of this psalm. Uh, psalm 119 is the longest psalm in the Bible. If you open the Bible somewhere in the middle, chances are it'll open at some point in Psalm 119. It's a long psalm with 176 verses, and the entire psalm is about the word of God. Um, this is a, a great psalm to meditate on, to take uh, each portion every day and meditate on it. Um, it's a great psalm to pray with, and uh, as we do that, it can really fuel our hearts to love God through his word, to love the word of God more. And so we'll just look at the first eight verses of this psalm today so that we can continue to think about the current status of our relationship with the word of God, as we talked about last week. And we can meditate on that as we go into, again, the, the summer months and with the small group starting uh, next week. Um, uh, first, the blessed. I have uh, three points, the blessed, the plea, and I will praise you. Okay, so first, the blessed. Um, again, in verse 1, it says, blessed. Blessed are those whose way is blameless, who walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed are those who keep his testimonies, who seek him with their whole hearts. Who also do no wrong, but walk in his ways. Okay, so the psalmist uses many different words to refer to, to the word of God. It's just throughout this entire psalm, different ways to refer to the word of God. Even in these first eight verses, several words are used to refer to the word of God. Words like law, 
testimonies, precepts, statutes, commandments, rules. And then there are also several words referring to what we must do with the word of God. Words like walk, keep, eyes fixed, learn. So, so this entire psalm is about the word of the Lord. And the psalmist is saying that we need to follow the word of the Lord. And the writer here begins the psalm by describing a blessed person. What does it mean? What does it mean to be blessed? Uh, we use this word so frequently. For example, I got a good parking spot, so I'm so blessed. My neighbor's Amazon package came in two weeks. Mine came in two days. I'm so blessed. The economy is unstable, but my job is secure. I'm so blessed. It's a very common word that we use even in prayer, right? The Lord, Lord bless him, bless me, bless our church. So it's basically the equivalent of saying, God, do something good for us, bless us. Do something that we'll like so that we can say we're blessed and we can praise God for it. But really, that can't be the essence of a blessed person because, you know, Jesus was probably the most blessed person and he suffered. He suffered and died a gruesome death on a cross. So again, what does it mean to be blessed? The definition of blessed basically means happy. But in the Bible, it's a person who, who, who receives the favor of God. To be blessed, to be happy, means this person receives the, the favor of God. And as we dig deeper into this psalm, to these few verses here, we get a fuller description of this blessed person. From verse 1, we see that the blessed person is one who is considered blameless. Right? So, so God looks at this person and does not find fault in him. Blessed are those whose way is blameless. When God looks at us with his fiery eyes, it's a terrible thing to fall short of his approval. The worst thing in the world is to suffer the judgment of God. But the blessed person is approved by God and is considered blameless. From verse 2, we see that the blessed person seeks the Lord, seeks the Lord with their whole heart. This person doesn't mess around with trivial things or lesser things in this world. Their heart's desire is the Lord. So he or she seeks him with their whole heart. We also see from verse 2 that we can determine whether a person is blessed or not by what's in a person's heart. It's not determined by what we might see on the outside. So a blessed person is not determined by his or her net worth or their physical features or abilities. It's determined by what they're seeking after, who they're loving, what's in the heart. And lastly, we see from these verses that the blessed person is one who follows the law of the Lord. The person is blameless because he or she walks in the law of the Lord. The person seeks the Lord with their whole heart by keeping the laws. The word of God is central to being a blessed person before God. There is no path, no path to being blessed, being favored 
by God apart from the word of God. So what that means is that this person can have the hardest life, the most difficult things happening in their lives, even suffer terrible illnesses in their lives, but if the person is seeking God with their whole heart, that person is blessed because in the end, the Lord will find that person blameless. Verse 4, you have commanded your precepts to be kept diligently. NIV translates that, you have laid down precepts that are to be fully obeyed. So God laid down the law, right, his law, and his laws are not options to be considered. They're not options for us to consider whether we're going to obey or not. They are to be fully obeyed. And those who live according to the law of the Lord will be blessed. There's no path to being blessed apart from the word of God. Those who live according to the word of God will be favored by God, will be blessed. Um, have you ever seen those, those prank videos where a guy stands next to a really expensive sports car and he's trying to pick up random girls? And so he might strike up a conversation with a girl and she's friendly with him. She's ta she talks to him because she assumes that that's his car. So they talk a little bit, and he might invite her to go and get something to eat. And uh, she accepts the invitation, and she's about to get into the car. But then he goes, no, that's not my car. My car's over there. And then he gets into this old, small, compact sedan that's parked behind the expensive sports car. And then the girl says, oh, I just remembered. I have to go wash my hair. And of course, there's a hidden camera filming everything. And sometimes it's a social experiment about relationships or just clickbait to get people to, for people to make money, I, I don't know. And uh, you know, there, there are videos like that and there are things like that. Anyway, that... I was thinking that, that guy, that guy that's standing by the expensive car, that's often a picture of who we are. That guy is not rich. He's just pretending to be rich. He likely hasn't done um, work, like hard work that requires discipline in his life um, to make money or things like that. He's making prank videos for a living. Uh, and we're often like that in our lives. You see, we want to be blessed. We want to be favored by God. But we wake up and we don't open the Bible. We go about much of our day following our desires, following our preferences of what we want. And at the end of the day, when we evaluate ourselves, there's kind of a, a disappointment element there in our hearts. Oh, that's your car? As we think about the status of where we're at. And that's just a sad reality of a life apart from the word of God. There's so many things that will pull us away from the Lord. And even our hearts, our hearts... Our sinful hearts naturally want to go away from the Lord to begin with. 
the blessed. The blessed person is the person who follows the word of the Lord because there's no path to being favored by God apart from the word of God. So first, the blessed. Secondly, the plea. The plea. Verse 5. Oh, that my ways may be steadfast in keeping your statutes. Then I shall not be put to shame. Having my eyes fixed on all your commandments. Now the psalmist here gets personal as the psalm turns into a cry or a plea. Oh, that my ways may be steadfast. What is the psalmist saying here? I guess there are a couple of different ways to interpret what he's thinking. He just said, blessed are those whose way is blameless. The one who seeks God with whole heart, who do no wrong. And then he says, oh, that my ways may be steadfast. So at the very least, it's a cry of dependence, right? Because he at least has some level of uncertainty in his ability to be steadfast in keeping the word. Okay, so that's maybe one, one thing that he might be thinking about. Or the psalmist could be saying, I'm not a blessed person. I'm not a blessed person at all. Right? Like, blessed are those whose way is blameless, who seek him with their whole heart, who do no wrong. Oh, that my ways may be steadfast. Meaning, Oh, I wish I was steadfast in keeping your statutes. Then I won't be put to shame. I wish I was that blessed person. But I'm not. So in either case, since the psalmist seems to be kind of uh, down on himself to some degree, because he sees that what, to whatever measure, he sees that he's not a blessed person that he just talked about in verses 1, 2, 3, and 4. It seems like we might, after that, expect the next verse to communicate some sort of, maybe some sort of self-condemnation. Or maybe some sort of like self-effort to become that blessed person. So, for example, oh, I wish I was steadfast, then I won't be put to shame, but I'm not steadfast, so woo to me. Or, oh, I wish I was steadfast, then I won't be put to shame, but I'm not steadfast, so, so I'll try harder to be that blessed person. But we see neither. The psalm actually continues in verse 7, and verse 7 says, I will praise you. With an upright heart. So where we might expect to see self-deprecation or, or self-reliance, we actually find worship. The psalmist worships. And that's because, as you may have noticed, verses 1 through 4 is a perfect description of Jesus Christ. Right? Jesus is the one whose way is blameless, who walked in the law of the Lord. Jesus kept God's testimonies and sought the Father with his whole heart. Jesus did nothing wrong, but walked in God's ways. Jesus kept the Lord's precepts 
diligently. As John 1, 1 says, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. Talking about Jesus Christ. Jesus is the word. Jesus is the incarnation of the word of God. He is the fulfillment of the word of God. Jesus lived out the word of God in perfect obedience. So the psalmist sees the requirement, right? Sees the requirement that has to be met to be blessed. but at the same time does not fall into self-condemnation or self-effort because he approaches God through faith. Another way of saying this is that the psalmist comes to the word of God and sees Jesus. The blessed person is blessed because he comes to the word of God and discovers the righteousness of God that comes through Jesus Christ. The blessed, the plea, I wish I was steadfast in following his word. But then we're met by the love and the righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ. And then thirdly, I will praise you. Thirdly, verse 7, I will praise you with an upright heart when I learn your righteous rules. I will keep your statutes. Do not utterly forsake me. The psalmist concludes this section, right, verses 1 through 8. He concludes this section with, I will praise you. I will keep your statutes. It's worship and commitment. You see? When we see the ways that we fall short, but then when our hope and confidence is in the Lord, what comes out is worship and commitment. Ironically, it's worship met with God's mercy and his grace. And just as an application, I would just want to reiterate that this is why we go to God every morning. We wake up in the morning and we don't want to live for God. That's, that's where my sinful heart naturally goes. That's where it starts every day. I don't want to live for God. My heart loves myself and I want to do my own thing. So we wake up with the thought of, as we're wrestling in our hearts of wanting to sleep more or, or love myself in various ways, we wake up with the thought of, Oh, I wish I was steadfast. Just like the psalmist. Oh, I wish I was steadfast in following the, the Lord. But I'm not. So then how do you go from, oh, I wish I was steadfast to, I will praise you. And that is, and this is, this is where the word of God comes in. This is what theologians call the means of grace. There are certain things that God has given us as a means of, as a way that we can, as a means of experiencing God's grace. And the word of God is one of those means of grace. When we open the Bible, and as we're reminded of his love for us, what Jesus has done for us, as we're reminded that his love for us is not conditional, 
that his grace for us is real, that it's personal. Despite how we feel, despite our desires, as we're reminded that his grace is real and it's, it's for us, then something takes place within our hearts. A spiritual work takes place within us and what flows out of that interaction, what flows out of our hearts is, I will worship you. I will follow you. Because we've experienced the means of grace that God has provided for us. We've actually used the word of God and met God through his word. And that was his means of giving us his grace so that my heart says, I will worship you, praise you, I'll worship you, I'll follow you, I'll keep your statutes. It's no secret to my family uh, that I have gained a few pounds during the quarantine. This morning as I was getting dressed, getting ready for church, I had my white shirt on, the shirt that goes inside this, this nice blue shirt that I'm wearing that you can see pixelated on your screen. Uh, and uh, so I just had this white undershirt on, and uh, and I noticed that Christine looked at me. She didn't say anything; she just looked at me. And then I said, "What?" As I rubbed my belly, and we both just laughed. Okay, so in my defense. This white shirt is a slim fit shirt. If it was any other shirt, my belly probably would have looked tight. But with this particular shirt, (laughs) my belly protruded a bit. You see, because because of the quarantine and staying home and because everything being closed, I haven't been able to play basketball like I normally do and, uh, and get normal exercise. So I do see the need to exercise, and I have thought about it, but for each thought I have, there is a, a corresponding counterthought, an excuse that defeats that thought. Oh, maybe, uh, maybe I'll, I'll bike around the neighborhood today. Uh, but I don't really like biking around in circles with no destination. Or maybe I'll just play basketball in the driveway. Uh, but, but the driveway is on a slope, and the ball keeps rolling down to the street. Or maybe I can go running. I hate running. And at the end of the day... No exercise gets done. and The belly gets bigger. And that's probably very similar to what's happening to some of us in our spiritual lives. Oh, I should wake up early. Oh, I shouldn't wait till the end of the day when I'm super tired and fall asleep before I actually read the Bible. Oh, I should be more serious about getting in the Word. And each I should is met with but. And before we know it, 
we're out of shape spiritually. Someone messaged me last week, and it was so encouraging for me to read. This person basically was sharing about how, how she was struggling, um, just spiritually, I suppose. But then as she was in the word, as she was in the word of God, God spoke to her and... Um, and it changed her. Uh, I'll share a portion of it with permission. She, she wrote this. She goes, I wanted to tell you I experienced an amazing breakthrough and peace with God in his word this week. Honestly, life-changing. I can't describe it. God opened my eyes to so many things during this time's reading, reading the word, I hadn't seen before. And then she shared about like some specific verses that God spoke to her through, specific things in the word that God spoke to her with. And then she goes, I think along the, along the way I've refused to believe or have forgotten that, that God is good. But when we return to him, and this is all reference to the verses that she was blessed by, but when we refer, return to him, he will and is blossoming and flourishing things again now. There can be beauty and strength. Say hi to Christine for me. Ha ha. I just so encouraged reading that. But then I think the biggest encouragement um, was kind of like in the middle of her sharing when I sensed her excitement. Remember like when she wrote like, Honestly, life-changing, I can't describe it. In the middle of her sharing, she goes, she goes, oh gosh, right? Like she's sharing like what she's like learning and blessed by. And she goes, oh gosh. And then later on she goes, but yeah, wow, praise God. It's as if the word of God left her speechless. And I'm not sure how to put this into words. I'm not sure, like, exactly how to communicate, like, how, like to you, like, like, what I'm experiencing through the word of God. But, yeah, wow, praise God. And I was thinking, that's exactly what's supposed to happen, what God wants to happen, what God wants to do to us, what God wants, to exp wants us to experience when we come to him in his word. Right As we're confronted with dealing with the, so many things in our lives that are pulling us away from God. And at the same time, dealing with the things in our own hearts, the things that we're longing for, that match the things that are pulling us away from God. And as we're dealing with these things, we find that everything that we're truly seeking after, we find in the word of God. When we go to his word, when we truly seek after God, when we truly experience his love for us, we're, we're supposed to be left with this feeling of, oh, wow, this is beauty. This is fulfilling. This is where I'm meant to be. 
this is what I'm meant to feel. Oh, wow. Gosh, praise God. And I pray that we'll experience this, this, this overwhelming love that God has for us, that we'll experience this daily in our hearts as we go to him through the means of his grace, through the word of God. We want to play a video. Is this video going to play? <laughs> okay, uh, we have a, a recap video of this year. Um, that uh, shout out to Amy who put it together for us. A slideshow capturing this year and uh, hopefully it plays and, and it's smooth. And uh, I'll just come back afterwards with just a few um, wrap up comments after the video. It's just a blessing being able to recap. It's kind of uh, hard to believe that um, those events before March took place because it seemed like it's so long ago and uh, seems like it's something that is so distant looking at it from now. Uh, but one thing that, that I'm certain of is that God is at work in our lives in all the situations of our lives. That's something that we can be sure of, that whether it's pre or post coronavirus, God is at work in our lives in all the different circumstances of our lives. And uh, what that means is that we can be certain that God wants to meet us Every single morning, every single evening, every single night, when we open the pages of Scripture, and He wants to feed us with His means of grace and leave us feeling like this is where I'm meant to be. This is what I'm meant to experience. This is what I want to live for. Worship and commitment that flows out of the grace of God in Jesus Christ. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your grace and your mercy in our lives. We thank you for all the blessings in this 10th year of our church from back in August, September. Um, your, your constant faithfulness through all the ups and downs, different things that we've experienced, different things that we will go through, no matter how long this particular hardship lasts or or, or different challenges that may come in our path. We thank you for your faithfulness. Uh, we praise you, worship you for the goodness of God. We thank you, Lord, uh, that um, uh, even as we look at ourselves and are, are, are left with, oh, I wish I was steadfast, those maybe sentiments of remorse and regret, that we can come to the word of God and be met by your grace and be left with uh, our foundation, a hope being in Jesus Christ that, that brings us to the place of worship, commitment, wanting to love you more, to live for you, to follow after you with all of our hearts. Be with your people no matter what we're going through and help us to know that we, we're never too far from the reach of the grace of God. 
help us to have a, not only just a, a fantastic day or week, but may this summer be life-transforming summer as we know you through your word. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's pray together. Uh, we have to realize that uh, no matter where we are, in our, in our lives, the state of our hearts, uh, status of our relationship with God, our relationship with his word, um, no matter how out of shape we are spiritually, uh, there is no condemnation for those who are in Jesus Christ. Um, we have to realize that uh, um, when we come before God uh, through Jesus Christ, It's always uh, as uh, the beloved children of God, um, and that can never, ever change. And uh, the Father, uh, with his loving heart, longing uh, to draw near to his children, wanting, wanting to draw his children near to himself, it's with that heart that he calls us to his word. So let's respond in faith. Um, uh, believing that he wants to meet us with those, oh gosh, oh wow moments that we can experience his grace in our lives. Father, we thank you, praise you, uh, we worship you. Uh, thank you for your love for us. Thank you that we can trust in you and be met by your grace. Uh, help us to have a renewed love, interest in the word of God. Um, may your word be our delight. And uh, strengthen your people with your grace throughout this week. Now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, his incredible, unchanging covenant love, the love of the Father God, fellowship, the strength and the power of the Holy Spirit be with you uh, both now and forever. Amen.